be in order. Let's go. That's right. Good evening. Welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, <coughs> QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meetings live on our Queen Anne's County website at www.qac.org live or on our television channel, Atlantic Broad, excuse me, it's uh, Breeze Line Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to www.qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge everyone's participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby and comments longer than three minutes should be, can be submitted in writing to the commissioners for their review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you could uh, please remain standing a moment for Pennsylvania State Troopers Martin Mack and Brandon Siska. Thank you. Okay, first up we have the approval of this evening's uh, agenda. So our agenda for tonight's meeting, March 22nd, along with the regular minutes from our March 8th meeting have been circulated for review. Do we have any additions and or corrections? Uh, yeah, motion to add two additional action items to tonight's agenda. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes. Motion to approve the agenda as amended and the minutes as presented. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes. All right, thank you, commissioners. So we just uh, completed a closed session under general provisions article section 3-305B1 to discuss boards and commissions. And I believe we made a few decisions on that. So first up was the um, bicycle and pedestrian advisory committee. I move to reappoint Terry Moritz from district four and Nathan Hoxter from district one to fill the vacancies on the bicycle pedestrians advisory committee. These terms will expire on February 28th, 2025. Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero motion carries. Okay. Thank you commissioners. Uh, next up is the broadband advisory committee. I move to reappoint Dion Reed and appoint Joe Brown to fill the vacancies on the Broadband Advisory Council. These terms will expire on March 31st of 2025. Second. All right, we've got a motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye zero, motion carries. <clears throat> All right, thank you, commissioners. And item C is the appointment for the Ethics Commission. I move to appoint Robin Lanham to fill the vacancy on the Ethics Commission. This term will expire on December 31st of 2025. 
Second. All right, we've got a motion and a second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? By zero, motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. And uh, the last item we had is a letter of endorsement for Mr. Chris Garvey to serve on the Board of Trustees for Chesapeake College. Uh, that's a letter to the governor, so uh, that was a recommendation we received from Dr. Coppersmith, the president of the college. I move to reappoint Chris Garvey to the uh, Board of Chesapeake College. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? By zero, motion carries. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Uh, that takes care of all of our boards and commissions business. We can now move into uh, presentations. So first up, we have Miss Linda Steiner, our Bay Bridge Airport Manager, and I believe she has a presentation here of our uh, runway reconstruction bids. And um, so Linda, come on up and introduce your guest here this evening. Pressing public comment, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. Just a second. Yeah. We're going to rewind a little bit real quick. Yep. I, my apologies. I uh, missed this one thing on the agenda. We do have a press and public comment period. Is there anybody here that wanted to speak? Yeah. Press and public we comment. Do have, I, I told you, Todd, there's no press, press and public comment. comment. We just skip right over it. <laughs> Nobody signed up? That's, We're good? We're good. See, you knew it. You knew it. <laughs> Okay, um, my apologies for that uh, misstep there, commissioners. Um, we have, uh, as I mentioned, Ms. Linda Steiner, Baybridge Airport Manager, Airport Reconstruction Bids. So Linda, take it away. Um, so I have with me here today, Derek Hellander from AECOM. He is our project engineer. From, from where? AECOM. Okay. And he is our project engineer slash manager. So he's gonna give you a brief overview of the project and then we'll take questions. Thank you, commissioners. Um, as uh, Linda said, my name is Derek Hollinger with AECOM. Uh, when you're, I'm your, representing your own call, um, aviation engineering consultant. Um, uh, to, so to give a brief overview, overview of this project, um, we're discussing the runway 1129 uh, reconstruction project at Baybridge Airport. Um, uh, going back a, a couple years, we uh, actually Legacy URS, um, who's been your one call consultant since the airport was actually originally built. Um, so several years ago, we um, looked into, with the assistance of the FAA, a uh, geotechnical evaluation of the runway, um, looking at the existing condition, uh, borings, um, took, took many borings cores, um, and looked at the uh, overall pavement section and, and remaining life on the runway. Um, with that, we then uh, basically did a, a conceptual study through the FAA um, in order to um, determine uh, what, what sort of project the county uh, would, would like to proceed with. Um, we actually came to find that the runway pavement is existing asphalt right over top of dredge spoils right out of the bay. Um, so with that, um, the, the runway pavement was actually sinking on, on the bay side. So um, uh, the, the project ultimately was recommended to include uh, cement-treated, um, stabilized uh, base section so with that, um, the project that was then proceeded to design includes the um, full depth reclamation, uh, incorporating a cement treated um, 
uh, cement into the, the existing base section, reclaiming the asphalt uh, with the existing subgrade underneath of it, and then constructing a new aggregate base course atop of that existing section, um, and then a new uh, bituminous concrete asphalt surface uh, course. Um, additionally, with the project, because um, with uh, doing a full depth reclamation, we're raising the runway profile uh, by approximately a foot, um, restoring the original cross sections adjacent the bay, um, which includes uh, safety area, um, grading improvements, and mass earthworks surrounding the runway, um, drainage improvements under each of the connector taxiways to the runway. Um, which include new concrete pipe crossings, uh, drain it, new drainage, basically a full new drainage system uh, adjacent the runway. Um, also, the, an installation of a full underdrain system. Uh, the project then, um, after the paving's complete, will remark the runway pavement. Um, so aside from the civil elements of the project, it also includes a, a basically a brand new airfield lighting system. Um, with that, we'll be removing the existing runway 1129 edge lights, associated wiring, um, installing new LED runway edge lighting, um, similarly removing the existing uh, uh, taxiway edge lighting system, installing new LED taxiway lights, um, removing the precision approach path indicators, installing new LED pappies, um, similarly uh, uh, removing the existing runway end identifier lights and installing new LED runway identifier lights, um, new wing cones, and then uh, also additionally new um, holding position and guidance signs for, for the airport. Um, with that, we're removing the existing, um, much, much of the cable in the airport's uh, very old, so we're removing its direct buried cable, installing a new uh, 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 water salt corrosion resistant cable um, in, in conduit, and then a brand new uh, electrical equipment vault shelter, so everything will be um, powered from a current-driven uh, electrical system as opposed to the existing uh, antiquated voltage-driven system that exists today. Um, additionally, with the new airfield electrical vault, um, the project does include a new uh, emergency backup generator and a liquid propane um, natural gas fuel-capable uh, dual, dual fuel um, system to support that generator. Um, so the project was designed over the past year. We then um, put the project out to bid in, the, in February and then opened bids uh, March 10th of this year. Three bids were received, um, Atlantic Contracting and Materials, uh, David A. Bramble and Alan Myers. Um, of the three bids, all were deemed responsive, uh, responsible, qualified. Um, Alan Myers was the low bidder by approximately 2.8% as compared to Bramble, who was the, the next low bidder. Both um, were within 1% of the engineer's estimate. Uh, the third contractor had a higher bid, but they um, do not self-perform the asphalt paving, so it kind of made sense for why their price was a little higher. Um, so I believe the intention of why we're here is to uh, you know, basically proceed with the low bid. Um, and uh, submit the corresponding FAA grant application, which is due to the FAA by April 11th. Um, once the grant's received, which they'll uh, put, um, typically put out before the end of their federal fiscal year, so that would be September of, of this year, uh, we would then um, look for the, uh, assist the county to execute a contract with the contractor, um, uh, start administrative startup, and then construction um, is anticipated to start 
uh, with some of the enabling work, um, be it the new electrical vault in January with the full reconstruction expected to happen next spring um, for completion before June for the major work. There's then a subsequent phase of work for the taxiway lighting, um, the generator, and uh, um, which would then be in the fall of 2023. So basically all work in calendar year 2023. It's um, my brief overview. Question for you, sir, right off. How much of the runway is actually overspoil? Over I mean, obviously the whole length of it wasn't. How far up do you have to go milling? And, and do you do the same underlay the whole length of the runway, or do you just have to do that down at the, the swamp? Um, so the, the approximately two-thirds to directly answer your question is, is on a, what we classified as a frost grade four um, susceptible soil. Uh, the end next to Route 8 is, is uh, um, in uh, better shape. Um, so to speak, but we are proposing the same means and methods for the whole project. Uh, the only difference will result in the amount of water that goes into this, the cement treated section. Um, but basically what will happen, the existing runway will will mill off the top section of it such that when we will we'll then reclaim um, what's left of the runway, which will be about uh, four to six inches of asphalt into the bottom six inches of sandy subgrade and mix the section. Um, that'll be done on the whole runway pavement. After that's done, we'll then incorporate the cement um, water and construct the soil cement section with the, with the reclaimed section on the, so the same section throughout the entirety of the existing, existing runway. Well, that's the expensive way to do it. <laughs> Great. Any, anybody else have any other questions? Um, <laughs> the 800-pound grill in the room. What, um, the airport will be closed. Oh yeah. The For runway, how long? The runway will be closed. The airport will be open. Um, the run. The runway will be closed for 75 calendar days. Is how it was bid. There was uh, liquidated damages um, put in place that would um, represent the impact of that to the airport if that were to continue. Oh really? Um, but so for 75 days, there's no landing and taking off. That is correct. Okay. But the businesses right. have already been informed, so they're making plans ahead of time. That, that was going to be my next question. Who, so how, how do you tell everybody that? Else that well, for example, the maintenance and restorations and avionic shops, they're planning to take in major projects shortly before that runway closure so that they can work on them while planes can't fly in and out. We'll still have ground schools, community events, that sort of thing. What was that timeline for shutting it down? 75, 75 calendar days for the main phase. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah, uh, it's complete by June 6th, so March, okay. March through June. Yeah, the um, part of the reason for the, it, it is, a, it can be an expensive way for the cement stabilized section, but um, it does reduce the amount of risk on undercuts. We know what we're doing. We're able to quantify um, and, and really uh, work with the contractor on their production rates to, you know, set that duration and what the liquidated damages are. Um, con every contractor that bid the project saw that in their bid in the bid documents, so they know exactly um, what what they're getting into. Obviously, notwithstanding um, unforeseen conditions, that'll be the duration that's held. So this is March of twenty-three. Yes, yes, sir. And we spoke with the businesses beforehand, and we tried to choose the timing that was least disruptive to them, but would also work for paving. Right, because of the temperatures. And it has to be done right, so it's not like. You have an option here. 
Yeah, um, part of the original uh, planning exercise, we, we looked at like a mill and overlay, which is obviously a quicker, um, but uh, you know, with, with the cost of doing that and also given the lighting system, you, you end up with a, you know, a project that's maybe 15% less money and you're only saving, you know, 20, 30% of the time. And uh, given that, you know, much of this is being expected to be supported by federal funds, um, the county took the position to proceed with mm -hmm. um, the, the bigger project and then uh, ideally, um, you know, this shouldn't happen again. It would just be a mill and overlay, you know, in, in the future um, as opposed to a full depth reconstruction effort again. All right. I haven't raised it whether we ought to be collecting full hanger rent on hangers that don't have an airport for the next two months. Any other questions? <laughs> we need a motion. I don't think we need a motion. Do we need a motion? Yeah, we'd like a motion there? for them to proceed, yes. There is a motion. There you go. A second that? <coughs> I made a motion to proceed with the second. Oh, got a motion and a second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries 5 0. Thank you. Proceed. Thank you, Commissioners. I didn't have to say that number. I mean, I know that's a little price of and money. All right, thank you both. All right, commissioners, next we have uh, Mr. Clay Washington is here this evening to uh, do it present. Right, oh, yeah. Board of Commissioners. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, all right. I'm making film for you. Come on and bring your guest up if you like, sir. Well, I'm, I'm going to let her sit here. Okay. okay. Uh, this is Reverend Alice Hutchins. Uh, she's one of our board members. And I'm here as president of Kennard Alumni Association. Uh, the owners and, uh, and partners, I will say, of the Kennard African American Heritage Cultural Heritage Center here in Centerville. Uh, I don't know how you want to do this, but I'll read it. Okay. I'll, I'll make it yeah. very simple. Thank you for your continued support. Queens County Commissioners 2018 through 2022. Stephen K. Wilson, Philip L. Duminell, James A. Moran, Jack and Wilson, Jr., and Christopher Corcorino. We're close enough, don't worry. <laughs> and I can't be about Todd Moen, the county administrator, and I always got to say hi to Margie. That's right. Some of you were are, are here when we started this project. I know Philip was, and Jack, I think you came on the next Jim. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jim, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then, the others of you have come on during the course of our restoration and now our operation. Uh, for those of you that don't know it, Kennard was the original African-American high school here in Queen Anne's County. And we were blessed to be able to start a project to restore it and create a community resource, in which we've been able to do. And I will tell you, we couldn't have done it without you. Do you remember when you started the project? Uh, it was 2007, the first time I sat here in this, in this room. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and uh, it wouldn't have happened because we needed your help to match state funds that we got for the project. But even more important than that, you guys stayed on as partners right, right through to the end and up till today. Uh, I can't tell you how grateful we have been, we are and have been uh, for your help with this project because I think you saw the vision as well as we did to create something that will continually be used 
beyond our lifespan. Right. Okay. Uh, and I hope uh, that uh, this is just the start of our relationship, and it will continue for years to come. I don't know a time when I've come before you and asked for your help, but you didn't. Uh, and I'm reminded even this past year when we had a problem in our basement and the water was coming in <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. The only thing I knew was to, to find somebody who had the expertise to stop it. But you guys stepped in, okay, and you found a way to help me without going through that expense. So I'm really appreciative of the way you concentrate on what we need as well as what we want, <laughs> okay? And, and there's always gonna be want. We're a nonprofit. <laughs> I want to stress that word. But I will tell you, even over this past two years, where most businesses have been shut down, uh, we've been able to sustain and grow in the midst of it. We now have met our mission of having a county resource that's available to youth and seniors. Mm -hmm. We have now have senior adult classes at, at Kennard. We have a youth mentoring class at Kennard that was helped by the, uh, the local management board. And we, we partnered for other things that are going on with the state of Maryland. We have an office there with the, for the State Department of Education that helps to sustain us. And we're at the, part, we're at the point now where we're able, we're able to move, hopefully move forward and find some new ways to produce resources to keep us going. Uh, the last thing I ever wanted to do when we started this project was to, to make a pretty building that just sat there. But I will tell you that the things that are going on now through your help and through the partnerships we've created over the past 15 years now, it's been, okay, are incredible. So we just want to say once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have done an outstanding job with that museum, and I encourage anybody who has not gone in there Please. and walked through it and seen it, the history is amazing. The photographs, all the information and data that was researched, you guys have just done a fantastic job. And, and a great venue for a lot of community events as well. Yeah, that's, and, 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 that's, and that's what I want to let you know, that we're continuing that process all the time. Even when we were shut down, we managed to put together a video series highlighting what's called local african-american heroes and it was so well received that i'm doing it again this year i'm not sure we'll ever go live again uh, because it's been it's been uh, we've learned a new way to communicate in this country because of this pandemic and I'm, I'm a man of faith by the way and i will tell you it says all things work for good for those who love him and are called to his purposes okay and even in this pandemic it, we, uh, he found a way to help us create something that's going to be standing forever. Amen. Very good. Very good. You want to get, 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 get a picture? Get a picture. Give it to your girl. Give it to the boss. There you go. Get a picture. Yeah, yeah. Luke, it's Washington. Thank Hold you on, very picture. much. Hold on, picture. We're going to come down here. Clay, let's, let's, yeah. Give a, yeah. Clay, let's get a picture. Can you get my phone? I'll get a picture also. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm on my job. That's right. Yes. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> 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 Can we all put it in? Oh, can somebody take my phone?
Do you want me to just email it to you? I mean, you can do that. Yep, it's an alumni association. Email that guy. Oh, I got I tried to. He told me to <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Thanks very much. Commissioners, uh, our next item is also in tab number six there. It is item number three, and this is uh, resolution number 22-02, creation of the Police Accountability Board and the Administrative Charging Committee. And we have uh, County Attorney Patrick Thompson, Sheriff Gary Hoffman, and uh, our State's Attorney Lance Richardson. If you guys would, uh, wouldn't mind coming up to the, to the bench here, please. And... Um, so essentially, this is um, this is a new resolution uh, that uh, serves to create the Police Accountability and Administrative Charging Committee boards, and this is as a result of the recent legislation uh, in this past general session to um, um, to create this board in every jurisdiction. So the the governing body of every county has to set up this new system by July first of of this year. And this is the resolution that we prepared and consistent with that law uh, for your review consideration. And we can ask uh, these gentlemen to answer any questions that you may have, or maybe Patrick, he, he was the chief drafter of this. And we had uh, both Sheriff Hoffman and, um, and Lance Richardson uh, review this. And we, we felt that it would be best to set up these boards and house them or sort of have Lance's office do the uh, provide the uh, legal and administrative support to the uh, to these newly created boards. Oh. So if you guys could just give the public the background why we're here doing this and where it came from. A little bit about the legislation that came out of Annapolis that brought us here today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will try to remain politically correct with this. Um, I think some jurisdictions needed police accountability and some jurisdictions needed some structure on how they handled some things. Um, so I think that the answer, in my opinion, was that they went ahead and uh, did a blanket approach across the state to address all police departments in one flat way by creating police accountability boards and things. Uh, I think that they should have held those jurisdictions accountable in those jurisdictions that had the issues and it should not have been a <coughs> blood across the state. But here we are today, we're complying with what's required of us to do so and uh, we've come together, spent countless hours about police accountability. Um, the good thing I can say from the Office of the Sheriff's point of perspective of this is that we get very few, if any, complaints against personnel. So I don't think this is going to be a very laborsome uh, job for anybody, um, like it would be in other jurisdictions. So I'm very proud of that and proud of the men and women that serve this county for the great work that they do. So I think the workload will be very light. Um, and I appreciate the partnership with all of you as, you know, as we go forward with what legislation has made us do. And uh, the partners now, Lance bringing him on board now, and uh, Pat working diligently to, to 
fine-tune this ordinance as well as Todd Mon and the, the countless hours they've put in. So that's where we are. Hey, sheriff, real quick, um, can you say, I know, we know the Sheriff's Department falls under this. Is there any other police agencies in the county that are affected by this? Uh, we don't know yet. We're still waiting on some clarification uh, from... Well, I think Centerville clearly falls under it. And in my opinion, the state police and transportation authority fall under the state board. But so now, will so Patrick will will Centerville have to have their own individual board because they're a municipality, or they'll this they'll answer under this the function of this this commission? Yes. Okay. So there's only going to be 23, 24 boards total in the state, right? Baltimore City having its own. Twenty-three counties. Baltimore City. Correct. Has this table always been this close? Uh, no. During COVID, it was back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Nervous, are we? We wanted to get a good look at you hey, last during this. That's right. You're usually on this side. <laughs> it's a bit intimidating. <laughs> so all the state agencies have a state board, DNR, uh, the highway guys down there, whatever it is, they're all going to be under the state. state police accountability board. Okay. One board, not, not a board for each one of them. Not a one board. board for all state. Right. right. So the state, state police accountability board will monitor Although the state Although these police. all have three parts, correct? Yes. They have the accountability board, and then they have the charging committee board as well. Isn't there a third? Mm -mm. The trial board. There is a trial board. But there's, there's three. Board. There's, a there's three. Yeah, the trial three board. Three boards. There's accountability <laughs> board, charging committee, and then if it gets that far, there's a trial board that actually hears and decides the case. Sounds like a lot of so, so say we have a cross-jurisdictional uh, incident. Um, which, how do they decide which accountability board in which county would um, take care of that? Um, because we obviously have officers that live out of the county, and we have officers that I'm work sure in other one, jurisdictions. I'm sure one board can agree to review the case. But we do have, you think it'll be where the incident takes place, or would it be at the, say, the home officer's county? where the incident took place would be the venue several counties have had this where it's gone across county lines into another person's jurisdiction so i don't think this is going to be onerous at all for our county uh the police all wear Great. body camera mm -hmm. uh, cameras we have footage we don't have many complaints at all we're legislatively mandated to have this committee but i think it'll be easy for this county we don't have uh, many uh, very few issues with our police, so um, it should be light lifting for our commission. And I think our citizens know this is not something that was forced by the county commissioners to do. This was not something at all forced by the sheriffs to do. Um, this was something that was forced by our legislatures that uh, passed and went into law. So, you know, we're trying to be. So walking through the process, and, and just one, and, and playing devil's advocate, I just see, I. I know, Lance, we don't have any complaints now, but now you have something, you're creating an, a, an avenue to make complaints. What does a complaint have to rise to what level to even get its, make its way through this system? I, because again, you don't want to be inundated. I know we don't have that issue now, but we don't also don't want to have 100 complaints because <clears throat> there's a complaint board to complain to. I can make it an analogy to the Attorney Grievance Commission. There's many frivolous complaints against attorneys and they review them all, frivolous or not, and they open a zero file and they review it to the point where they say this has some substance or it doesn't. So I imagine we will review complaints and if we believe it has some substance, it'll go before the commission. Uh, but 
you're right, it may generate complaints just because we have such a board, but once again, with body camera footage and uh, civilians in this county who actually participate in the process and come forward and they're good witnesses, I, I don't see a problem for Queen Anne's County. But everyone will be, to some level, will be investigated. Yes, if there's a complaint made, it'll be followed up. We'll look into it and decide if it has any merit to, for the commission to review. And just to add to that a little bit, it goes to the law enforcement agency. The complaint is made to the law enforcement agency. They review it and make an investigation and send it to the charging committee. Charging committee then decides whether to send it to a trial board. Gotcha. And so, it's, it get, so it it actually is reviewed twice before it even gets to the correct charging board. Okay. <clears throat> One other question is plainly from your own remarks, the body cameras are highly significant in this process. Are all the bodies considered like the Centerville police and the, on the state level, the state police, do they all, do they all have body cameras? Centerville police does, sheriff's office does, state police are going to have them soon. Okay. They have some in-car cameras which pretty much perform the same function, but they're, everyone's mandated to go to body cameras. Right. So every conversation, every action is going to be audio and video recorded. Right. How about DNR and the uh, all sworn law enforcement okay. will go to it. Cool. And that's actually in the legislature now, I think, and how to pay for it, the state's going to put the bill to. But the information side is where the question still comes. And out. we've always been transparent. We've had body cams or in-car cams for as long as I've been there, you know, and so it's it's important part of the process. And there, is, there is a difference, I'm sorry, Lance, oh, between no. the internal complaints and the external complaints. So, for example, if an officer, if a sergeant reviews something and sees something that's disciplinary, that's not something that gets referred to the board. This is dealing with the public's concerns. My, my office is going to provide the logistical side of it. We'll download, we'll provide the body camera for the commission to review. We'll host the meetings, give them a conference room. So we'll take care of that side of it because it's, it's uh, labor intensive to download. If seven officers show up on a scene, you've got seven sets of body camera footage. So it can be labor intensive, but my staff is very adept at getting that done. So, so back to my cross, the, the cross department <laughs> thing. So I, I just trying to wrap my head around it. So you have like here, we sometimes we have the CPD, the sheriff and even the state police to some extent or, or uh, the MDOT may be on an incident based on the incident, the bad acts and whatever the case may be. That information, and I know in past that I've heard it's very tough, they don't share that information between agencies very well, you know, state down to county, back and forth or whatever. Do you see that being a problem when you go to do this? Is how do you, how, how are we gonna get over that hurdle that already exists with getting the information shared, I guess? If well, they can, the officers can be called in as witnesses by the board, so I think there's gonna be a lot more. I think okay. they'll, they'll be compelled to testify or compelled to be to be there if needed. But I do agree with Lance uh, Richardson on the fact that the body cameras are a real big asset. That tells you the picture. And like he said, when you have seven different people show up right. at a scene, you have seven different views and perceptions of what happened there. So body cameras are the best thing that ever happened. I'm a huge fan of them. And uh, they always tell the truth. And these they, agencies so may not a share information, but they all have <clears throat> to give it to my office. So we will have okay. it. Yes, yeah, so. we get it all. So with all that, if it, with all that scene information available, photographs and testimonies, it, it, it first comes to the law enforcement agency. So you guys can take a look at it. It, it may even never even come to the charging board. 
Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to forward it to the charging board to make the final, whether with sustained. They'll have the final say whether proceed forward. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Perfect. Any other questions, commissioners? Any. I want to thank these gentlemen for their work on this. So the next step is uh, if, if you're comfortable with resolution, the way it's prepared, 2202, we would adopt that, and then we could begin the advertisement process to select members. We would be back in front of you to select members that would serve on this police accountability board, and they have to meet certain qualifications as well in terms of their, their background for that board. We're looking for um, anywhere between three and seven members on that board as the next step. So I move to adopt uh, resolution 2202. Second. We've got a motion, a second. Any further discussion on this? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries 5-0. Thanks for doing a great job on this. You know, burned some legislation, but you guys really stepped up and did the best you could with it. So that's great. And real Thank quick, you. Rodman, Pat Thompson. Are, are all the questions answered now, Gary? I know there's. No, gosh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I, I mean, I just, no, I just no, know no. that that's been a constant no. debate. I hear it down in Annapolis. So I'm just wondering, did they really get it all fixed, or is it just no, still? I'm really holding my tongue tonight. Okay. Just being... Well, I wasn't going to ask no, the hard questions. A... I wasn't going to ask those because, again, I, I haven't heard where there's been any resolution. So I was just curious if you've heard any differently. No, but... no, no, no. It's. Um... The, the Attorney General's Office is sending out some clarifications on some things that have happened. I mean, many jurisdictions have gone through a lot of different things where they handle some things, they don't handle some things, they pick this, they pick that. Um, I've got countless letters from sheriffs and other people that have had experience with this process, and um, it's going to be interesting. So, so okay. leave it at that. I'm good with leaving it at that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. All right, commissioners. Our next now presenter is uh, Nicole Hepfer, our director of budget and finance, and she has our fiscal 2023 um, proposed county administrator's budget presentation. So that is, again, tab number six. There is the hard copy in your book, item four on page 29, and we also have it up on the... Uh, on the big screen as well. So she has a series of slides here to run through to give you the highlights of next year's proposed budget. And we have work sessions then scheduled over the next two weeks to make any refinements and adjustments that the uh, Board of Commissioners would like to incorporate. So Nicole. Good evening. Hi. Good evening. Um, so we have the county administrator's budget that we're gonna go through. Um, and just to start, the budget process really started in October. Um, with our initial meeting with the Spending Affordability Committee. Um, and then we sent out budget instructions to the departments in November and December. Um, and we gathered data through February and then we met with some departments um, over the last few weeks. So we've come a long way um, and we have the, now we have the county administrator's budget to go through. Um, Okay, so the first slide, um, which is similar to last year, to just kind of go through some of the financial impacts from COVID. Um, we know the last several budgets were reduced substantially due to the pandemic and some uncertainties. Um, even in FY22, although there was growth, there was conservative budget growth. Um, and we still remained conservative in the budget process um, throughout the last few years. Uh, 
although we've noted the income tax distributions continued to show large growth, the recordation and transfer taxes also came in much higher than budget. Um, and throughout all of this, we have not needed to use any funds from the rainy day or revenue stabilization funds. And some, we've received 8.9 million in CARES funding and the American Rescue Plan, the ARPA funds, um, the county will receive 9.8 million, which we've received half and will receive the second half in July. And then some updates for FY22. Um, the preliminary projections show that we will end up at about 9.3% over the adopted budget, which ends up being about $14 million. Um, and the income tax is estimated at 11% above budget, recordation and transfer tax at 50% higher than the budgeted amounts. And on the expenditure side, we did increase um, the expenditures for the mid-year salary adjustment. We also funded the Board of Ed stipend at 1.1 million. And included in the FY22 budget is 2.1 million for PAYGO for capital projects. Okay, and then the next two slides go over the highlights for FY23. Um, the first slide goes over the revenue and the budget growth we're um, projecting is 9.9% increase from the 155.9 in FY22 to 171.4 in FY23. Um, the income tax and property tax make up roughly 85% of the county revenue sources and the income tax is projected to grow by 12% from the FY22 budget. Uh, property tax is projected to grow at 4.2%, and there are no changes in the tax rates. Okay, and then this slide goes over the highlights um, as far as the expenditures. So the Board of Education, um, you'll see and later in some of the slides that it's funded at the preliminary amount that we've received for maintenance of effort, which is 340000 um, we do have some included in the enhancement slide, some of the other figures um, that were requested. The employee compensation increase um, includes a 2% cost of living adjustment and also additional pay for performance, which you'll see that is in contingency. And then we had <coughs> new positions. I think there was 33 requested new positions and the county administrator's budget includes um, 24 funded positions in a variety of departments, emergency services, detention center, public works, parks, public landings, um, QAC TV roads, and economic development. And again, there's more details on that once we get to the enhancement slides. Um, also, the, as we mentioned with the compensation increase, there's funding for employee recruitment and retention. Um, we funded PAYGO for capital projects at $5 million, which will help reduce the reliance on the bonds. Um, also, the addition of an EMS crew to provide enhanced services to South County. Um, snow removal improvements and also Kentner's landscaping. Okay, so now we get into, this slide goes over the revenue, the general fund revenue, um, which is the county administrator's budget is totaled at 
171.4 million, which is roughly 15.5 million over the FY22 budget. Um, but the FY23 budget figures are only about 1% over the forecasted FY22 amounts. Uh, and the largest increase is in the income tax at 7.6 million, which is 12%. And then you'll also see increases, some large increases in recordation and transfer tax, uh, which recordation ends up being almost 40% and transfers at 45%. Um, and those are in line with what we're continuing to see um, as the revenues come in. Okay, so this is the first of several pages on the expenditure side. Um, and I just want to point out that any enhancements that we have funded through the county administrator budget is included at the department level. Um, so that's why some of the percentage changes kind of vary because it does depend on the enhancements. So we have on the first page, we have county administration, community services, planning and zoning, and public safety. And then now on this page, we have the public works departments and parks and recreation. And we come up with a sub subtotal for the general county government, which was a 14% increase. Okay, in this page we have Board of Education, um, which we're showing the 340,000 and also all of the other agencies. Um, and then we have debt and then the other categories on this page um, to total the 171.4, which is again the 15.5% increase at 10%. Um, so when you see contingency at the bottom, that does include any funding for the employee compensation, but all of the other enhancements are at the department level. Okay, so the next two slides are the pie charts. So we're showing the revenue by source, which again, the property and income tax is 85%. And then we have other local taxes at almost 10%, and then the rest of the smaller categories make up the difference. And then we have the expenses. Um, so again, education is the largest expense at 37%. Then we have other agencies at 16 And then the various public works, public safety, and the rest of them to total the 171.4. Um, and this slide is the tax rates by county, which I did, we did update um, for FY22, and Queen Anne's County is there fourth to the right, highlighted in yellow. Um, and then we have the, um, this chart shows the change. Um, Getting from the FY22 budget to the FY23 budget, both in revenue and expenditures, um, and the main change in revenue is the income tax, property tax, transfer and recordation tax. That almost makes up the total change completely with those. And expenditures, um, they kind of vary throughout uh, the different categories, um, but again, the 15.5 million change here includes the enhancements as well. 
Okay, and now I have several slides on the enhancements. Um, and the enhancements, the total for the enhancement request that we received was almost $8 million. And when we get to the last page, you'll see that the total funding included in this budget is 4.2. So it's roughly 53%. Um, and anything in green is a position request, and it does include the cost of the salary and the benefits and the amounts that are presented. Um, so the first page includes um, 4-H Park, Animal Services, and Board of Elections. Um, and it shows which enhancements were funded in the county administrator's budget and then which were not at this point. Okay. And the second page, um, we have a lot of different departments here, the library, um, Chesapeake College, when we get to the Board of Ed, the 1.5 million is the 2.5%. Um, and then we also have something new this year, the non-recurring cost, which is 550,000. So that was a change in some funding that we used to include in the capital budget, which based on state guidelines is not allowed at the Board of Ed level anymore. So the 550,000 um, was moved over and it's part of a non-recurring cost. So that would not get added into maintenance of effort. Um, but we are showing it here as an enhancement. <coughs> New requests for the health department um, and the sheriff and also economic development. <clears throat> okay, now we have um, the parks department. There are several position requests, um, public landings, and recreation and also QACTV had a position request um, and then the FEC and the last on this page is extension services okay so now we have DES has several categories um, the first is the LEOPS estimate um, and that was just based off of the positions that um, we thought would qualify and just did a calculation to come up with an estimated amount for that. Um, and then under DES, several of those um, under the second category relate to the new station. Um, and when we show funding for those, those are funded at half year. Um, so anything, the overtime for the new station, the holiday overtime, and then the last two, the four EMTs and paramedics. Um, that's half year funding. And then we have communications, engineering, property management, and roads. Okay, and the last page of the enhancements, we have um, the detention center at the top. Um, the last two positions for the correctional officers are both for pretrial services. Um, we have the Kent Narrows uh, landscaping the circuit court, and that's for the drug court program. Um, and there is grant applications pending for those funds. And then a small amount for the orphans court, and then contingency. Um, it was really just some funds that we set aside, not knowing what requests are gonna come in during the budget work sessions. Um, so that's just money that we've set aside and other costs. And then you'll see the total is 7.9 million. The positions make up 1.7 million of that. And the total funded included in this budget is 4.2. The positions make up almost a million and the rest is operating enhancements. 
Um, almost all of the enhancements are general fund. I think the only one that wasn't was the um, public landings request. Okay, so um, a lot of information on this page. This is the FY23 capital budget highlights, um, which the capital budget total uh, was 46.6 million. That includes general capital, roads capital, and the enterprise funds. Um, and just some of the highlights, if we want to go through, the Board of Education um, is almost 10 million for funding for the central office, the Queen Anne's County High School roof replacement, um, and also some work to be done at the central office and a fire alarm as well. Um, the roads capital project at 3.3 million is funded entirely with roads capital fund balance and some grant funds. Uh, then we have the YMCA at 2.8, the historic courthouse at 2 million, and detention center at 1.8 million. Um, some other highlights, information technology, 1.4 million. Um, parks, 1.1 million for capital equipment, artificial turf, and landscaping. Um, emergency services at 600,000, and also the volunteer fire at 600,000. And then we included funding for the dog park. Um, and then the rest are enterprise capital projects. Um, so the Southern Canal and Sewer, is at 7.3 million, public landings 1.8, which is all grant funded, the airport runway um, rehabilitation 7.8 million, which 5.8 of that is grant funded, and then there's another 1.6 million, which is set aside for that, um, and then also the golf course at um, 500,000. Okay, so the next six slides are the um, six-year capital budget. Um, and we're still gathering some information for the out years. So some, like when you get to um, some of the departments, we don't have as much filled in as the out years, but we tried to make it as complete as possible. It's really just for information purposes and for reference. Um, but if we want to go through, oops, I didn't change it. There we go. If we want to go through um, some of the projects to kind of highlight. So on this slide, we have the historic courthouse um, total for the six years is six million. Um, on the second slide for the six year capital budget, we have the detention center um, and that is at 39.7. Um, and then this slide, there, this has the last category is the Board of Ed projects, um, which for all years totaled 36 million. Um, next, uh, we have parks at the top, which has the cross county um, trail at 5.4, and then the turf is in here also at 5.6. And then we have a total for the general capital projects for the six years at um, almost 150 million. And then we have the airport and roads projects. Um, we have the runway and then roads, we have asphalt and the Kent Errors public parking, some of the two larger projects. And this is the last page for the six year budget. Um, so we have the ski projects included in 
sewer, and then we also underwater have the residential meter replacement, which is a large project. Um, and the total at the bottom there for all capital projects, the enterprise in general is 233.4. All right, and now the next several slides are the um, FY23 capital budget by funding source. Um, so we'll go through again. We have the courthouse um, listed here under administration. Uh, we have the detention center at 1,785,000 on this page. Um, and then we have a variety of departments on the third page for the 23 funding. Um, and then we get to, here we have the Board of Ed projects at the top, which we're showing the admin building at um, 3 million, and the Queen Anne's High School roof replacement at almost 5 million. So those are the two large Board of Ed projects for 23. And then we have some parks projects. Um, so the total general capital, FY23, but capital budget is 25.5. Um, you'll see here that we're using almost $9 million in capital fund balance from general capital projects and $5 million in PAYGO. Okay, and then we have the enterprise um, public landings and airport. Um, in the airport, again, the funding is between grants and the funds that have been set aside, and then $420,000 is included in bonds for that project. And then the roads at 3.3 million is almost entirely funded with roads capital fund balance. Um, and this is the last page that we have for the capital budget. And the total, we have the sewer at the top, which the ski projects, it's a little over 7 million. And then the water projects underneath, and the total for all capital projects. Um, for FY23 is 46.6. Um, and you'll see the first category is PAYGO, that's the five million. Um, the bonds we've kept at below nine million, um, which will be less than the amount that we're maturing next year. Um, so that's always good. Then the debt would decrease with the amount that we have listed here for bonds. Um, fund balance 11.6, that's a combination of the capital, general capital, roads capital, and any kind of enterprise fund balance. And then the other category, um, 10 million, which a lot of that is the ski funding. And the last slide that we have is just some upcoming dates. Um, we have work sessions the next two weeks, March 29th, 31st, and April 5th and 7th. Um, and also May 10th. Um, and in discussion, we're thinking that April 7th may not be needed. I know there's another meeting at Chesapeake that evening, um, but we do have uh, departments that are planned to come in for the, the other three, and then May 10th will be kind of our last work session. The county commissioner's budget release is scheduled for April 14th. The hearings are May 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and the final budget adoption is May 24th. And that's it. <laughs> so, in about 20 minutes, you managed to knock off about 1,000 hours of your work, so really well done. Oh, thank you. I probably talked a little too fast, but... <laughs> right pace. Those are excellent. Any questions? 
Oh, we got a couple weeks for this. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go home and this devise is your it. Shot. So you told to let you do it now. Gonna, <laughs> got lots of notes. Yeah. In the next coming weeks, there will be. I'm sure. <laughs> You've just handed us our homework assignment. Right. And then we have our first but meeting. Real next quick, week. just because I couldn't see the numbers up there, but so if I heard you right, you said from 21-22, we would have been estimated we were way over. So we were at 168, I believe, was a number on that very first slide, whatever it was. Um, so we rose to 171. So we really only rose year over year 3 million total, correct? Is that right? You kind of lost me a little so, there. So, well, because we had turned it down because of COVID. We right, had, right. Okay, but so the actual came out, I thought, I thought it was you, one. You want to know the forecasted FY22 revenue versus the... Right, because I think it was, one, was it 168 to 171? Does that sound right on that? Yes, FY21 actuals were 169. Okay. And then we're forecasting similar amounts for FY22 and then budgeting 171 for FY23. Right, so we're only going yes. up about 2 million over what was realistic yes. a year ago. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I was just making sure, but, but and that's what, what, and you said it was like 1%, right, or just less? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're talking about three fiscal years when you're talking about 21 actual, 22 forecast, and then 23 is the budget. So it's, yeah. it gets a little confusing. But, but my sometimes. one comment, I guess, if when you come back to, to tell me how we're going to jump four million in spending on a one percent increase year over year, that would be my only question to try and I, don't do it now because okay. there's other because you don't have the board of ed money in there. And right, we all know right. that that's going to be that's put still in pending. There. Yeah. So yeah. I just mm -hmm. okay. All right. So I think a remarkable fact is that. If you'd look back five or six or seven years ago, income was 20, 30, 40%. And we are just about to have income be the bigger portion of our revenue because it's, you know, we're. But it's also the most volatile. What's that? It's also the most volatile. Absolutely. And so we have correctly put reserves aside to deal with that. But it does increase the vol, absolutely. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nicole. No other questions, commissioners? All right. Well, to be continued, we have uh, our first work session is next Tuesday night in this room. And I believe we have um, Board of Education, Emergency Services, and the library coming in for that one. All right. All right. Well, that concludes our presentations uh, for this evening, commissioners. We can uh, take a look at new business. Three. That would be tab number three. And uh, so if you want to turn to tab three, item one. So tab three, item one is a memorandum from Alan Quimby from the sanitary. This is to the sanitary commission. So I guess we need to uh, convene, convene as the sanitary, sanitary commission, commission, please. Make a motion. We convene as the sanitary commission. Second. Favor? There we go. All right, thank go. you, commissioners. Uh, so basically, this is an annual action that the commissioners, uh, as the Sanitary Commission, must take uh, as a result of the rate increase for the water and sewer rates. Uh, they go up automatically 6.5% and 5.5% for sewer and water, respectively, unless the county commissioners choose a lesser rate for that escalation. <laughs> and with this, this also excludes the ski subdistrict, which will see no rate increase. We've we guaranteed that as part of the special benefit assessment. No, no rate increases for the ski uh, corridor until all four phases are complete. So we've, we're in phase two and a half right now. Those 
Does Nicole handle their books too? Yes. She does? Yes. Come on back up. Yeah. And I will say that uh, Public Works, uh, or Director Quimby did propose a 2.5% increase for water and sewer rates uh, in as part of this next year's budget. So that would be our recommendation. Which is basically what we do every year. Pretty much every, that, we've been doing that every year for the last. Is that what's in the enterprise zone fund that you shared the revenue on, two and a half? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I guess my question is, are they in the red or are they in the black? Are they Sanitary you know, district? Yeah, are they healthy or are they not healthy? I mean. They're healthy. They are yes. healthy. So do, why do we need an increase at all then? Thank you. I'm just saying. If Since I'm the only user Island, up here. Of the and I don't know how healthy they are, <laughs> but if you say they're healthy, I don't, I mean, it's an enterprise fund. So, they're, they're not supposed to be banking money. So, I mean, I, oh, go ahead, I'm going to say Okay. So I don't think that's an easy question to answer because it really involves the depreciation of the infrastructure. Is that not correct? I mean, you'd have to it know does. what was getting backed up in terms of what we needed to do. But money-wise, it's extremely black but and, but weighing that you need to first look at you know what i'm talking i knew about, yeah. and, and if, you, talking if you weigh those two things together but i i, I guess and, and i don't disagree with you and i understand yes. that we, we, yeah. we put those eggs away for that day we're going to need them but yeah we're talking about the massive amount of inflation and again here we are giving our employees two bumps yeah and we're asking to raise rates if, and while we're healthy, I think that maybe we take a year off, just Keep just it. once. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to put anybody on the spot here, but I mean, you know, we're talking about record inflation and everything else, and you know, maybe this is something to maybe ease the pain a little bit. I would second it. Okay. I'm good with it. And I, I'm going to go for no no increases on I, the water. I think I, I think I understand the numbers, and I yeah. think that's a good idea. Okay. I this mean, is just, crazy. I was. I was thinking about this the other day, thinking. As you were flushing your toilet? As I flushed it. Mind you, I'm the only one up here that actually has a county sewer water bill. Right. Um, so I, 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 I'll start it. There you go. Just vote for it at this point. You're good. Yep. Yeah. So you made a motion, Jim? Yes. Jim made a motion. Hold the water and sewer at no one, increase. Steve seconded. Yep. Any further discussion? Bill told us about his. He's Thought process. <laughs> he shouldn't vote. <laughs> I, I may have to recuse myself, right? All right. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? One abstain. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm voting. Yeah. No, he's no, not. I'm just kidding. I take him back out again. It's a conflict of interest. It's a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> and to all the users out there, I'm sure they're going, yes. That's yeah, right. Okay. All right, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner Moran. We all voted on it, so. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right, moving on, commissioners. We have item number two on page two, and this is the, uh, the annual MDOT TOR Consolidated Transportation Plan Priority Letter, and this goes to Secretary Jim Ports, and this is very similar to uh, the previous year's letter that we sent out uh, each year about this time. Um, the number one priority, obviously, has been our, um, our motive to, to expedite and continue processing the uh, uh, Bay Bridge NEPA 1 and NEPA 2 um, project going forward and a list of other ones including uh, interchanges on Route 50 at the uh, intersection of Ch HSP College on 50, Route 18 corridor improvements at the, um, and, and others. Two for, you know, so if you have a, 
I, I moved to execute the 2022 annual MDOT transportation priority letter to Secretary Jim Ports. Okay. Thank you. Second. Got a motion a second. Any discussion on that one? Is there anything else we want to add? I figure the longer the list, the better chances of getting more, right? No. 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 More stuff for them to get on. You got anything, you'd be lucky, but it might be a good idea. I don't know. I'm not having not thought this through, so just for discussion. The real backup, I mean, the chances, they are plugging away at, at, at doing the gates and all that stuff up at the bridge. The corridor is not going to get done because of the expense of the lamp poles. Would, I, would it be a good idea to move the 5213 overpass up, jump it up? They will, they will never, well, I, I guess. You see what I'm saying? I do see what yeah, you're saying, yeah. but I think that the, yeah. if the state was to put that there, it would, it would mess with their metering. If, if they were to move that up, if we were to move that up and that would to go first before the bridge, uh, not that it, I think any of it will, but I think it'll all happen at the same time. That's one of their major metering uh, locations, the 213 lights. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they've got the 404 light, too. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that 5301. I just, I mean, our guys are now getting it's, backed up like hell, yeah, trying to get the yeah, 213 on 50. Sometimes yeah. you get 40 and 50 cars. Oh, yeah. So it may, <coughs> it may serve some advantage in metering traffic on 50, but it certainly is screwing up our county citizens trying to go to Easton. Understood, but I think that those 50 cars are outweighed by those 5,000 cars that are lining up flooding Route 18 in Stevensville and Graysonville, so. Yeah, well, I don't want to yeah. get in an argument. No, like, no, I just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to move it up. I don't think we'll yeah. get either yeah. without, they're going to be done at the same time. I think yeah. I agree with Jim on this. It's part of the corridor upgrade. It's going to get melded into that anyway if right. it happens, so, right. I mean. Any further discussion? If anything, I would, we should move up our hike and biking trails because that's one thing maybe we could get. Yeah, on the pedestrian side. Because that way when we're stuck in traffic on, in, in Ken Island, these people can get on their bikes and ride to Centerville on the bike trail, right? You're talking about the pedestrian crossover? Well, getting it all the way to Centerville like it's designed to be. Can, can you where the trail further ride right? from where to where? To Centerville, from, and then to Centerville, Centerville to Terrapin is and the, then ultimately to Tuckahoe. Tuckahoe, yeah. I mean, that's where it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. That's the design. Yeah. And it did make a point that if we want to see any more movement on it, to move it up in our transportation plan. Um, so just a thought. It got a lot of use during COVID, yep, that's for did. sure. It did, but if you do that, then they're going to get owned. Never go ahead of the Bay Bridge. And they're going to go ahead of the It's never going ahead of the Bay Bridge, but yeah. Now they could throw us a bone and say, we'll do that for you. Yeah, well, these, these aren't necessarily in order. I mean, clearly, you know, the NEPA phase two priority is, 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 is of utmost importance. And the rest of these, in particular, the pedestrian uh, projects, I think we can continue to advance those more so over some of these other, other higher dollar um, interchange projects which are probably you know 30 40 million dollars on mm -hmm. on route 50 so we are going to continue they're to still push waiting those. right i mean technically it's still getting weighted and then it goes to the sure. governor mm -hmm. right and he still gets ultimate veto power i think on a lot of these mm -hmm. so yeah all right any further discussion all those in favor say aye aye, aye. any opposed five zero motion carries all right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number three on page seven through 15 is 
uh, an administrative subdivision, some legal documents for a perpetual protective agreement. It's an amended deed of forest conservation for the Coxon subdivision. Can I get a motion on that? I move to sign a perpetual protective agreement, amended deed of forest conservation easement. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? 5-0. Motion carries. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. Item 4 on pages 16 through 49 is a rural legacy deed of easement for Charles Patterson and Sherry Patterson. And you've seen this before, so this is all uh, funded through the program, and this provides for the protection and that easement within the Foreman's Branch Rural Legacy Area. I make a motion to approve and sign the Rural Legacy Deed of Easement for Charles R. and Sherry A. Patterson IV. Second. Got a motion to second. Discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0. Motion carries. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. And item 5 is a second Rural Legacy Deed of Easement. This one's for Benjamin Nord Norbley Arminger, and this is a 98 0.56 acre property located within the Foreman's Branch Rural Legacy Area. No county funds again for this one, for this preservation. I make a motion to approve and sign the Rural Legacy Deed of Easement for Benjamin Norby Arminger. Second. Motion second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. Item 6 on pages 82 and 83 is a semi-annual property tax payment service fee. Um, we, uh, the, the county tax collector is authorized to bill a service fee for uh, the, uh, the dual payment option, you know, for the lost interest. And this year, like last year, we are recommending that fee be waived, not charged to our citizens that, that select that option. Yeah, excuse me. I move to submit to the Department of Assessments and Taxation an approval form for the establishment of the county municipal service Fees for semi-annual property tax payments, a service charge in the amount of 0%. Second. Motion second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 I'm ordering Motion carries. Right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number seven on page 84 is a trailer surveillance systems contract. Uh, Department of Emergency Services um, received another grant. <laughs> they received watching. a lot of grants. Uh, <laughs> Uh, grant program uh, for $116,000 to purchase four trailer surveillance systems. Uh, we have Director Scott Haas here. He can maybe explain that a little bit. But we have uh, received bids, and they want to recommend a contract. This is, again, uh, no county funding involved in this. But I move to authorize Director of the Department of Emergency Services to execute a contract with Industrial Video and Control Company, LLC, to purchase four trailer surveillance systems totaling 105500 Second. Got a motion to second. Tell us about this, Scott. Sir. So basically, uh, we applied for two separate grants. So this is covered under two grants through Homeland Security. And um, the idea is, if you're familiar with state highways on the camera trailers that they have, they're basically the exact same thing that they have camera trailer-wise. There's a variety of uses that we can utilize this for. Uh, for our department, one of the main things that we have in mind is like special events, and probably the one primary special event that the we use run. it as the yeah. Bay Bridge Run. Mm -hmm. uh, we have kind of an archaic way of doing video surveillance at, at those events now. Uh, this will make it very easy for us to trailer these pieces of equipment. Everything is 100% contained within the the system uh we're also going to use it we don't have a traffic problem in the county right now but uh somewhere down the road we might 
joke. <laughs> uh, but we'll definitely use it uh, during the summertime for the traffic jams and the backups that we have to surveil those, those uh, incidents as they grow. Any kind of large crowd uh, formation that we have in the county, we can use it for that. Uh, other uses are like construction sites, like the courthouse. There was a lot of work done on the outside of it. DPW had people committed to coming over, kind of keeping an eye on what was going on construction-wise. This would make it very easy for them. They could set one of these things up and... Uh, and watch remotely? Watch remotely. Um, other things, I see Steve behind me. Um, we've had some vandalisms in some of the parks, and it would be easy to set one of these up in an area that's highly vandalized. Uh, to provide surveillance for those. Um, so there's a magnitude of things that we can use them for. Uh, we were lucky we got a grant to cover for all four of these. Well, let me compliment you on your uh, grant application, sir. Thank you. Scott, are these subject to having to be advertised to video surveillances in use, no matter where you use them, whether it's a special event or anything? We're basically um, using them in areas where like, privacy is not you're not committed to provide the privacy. It's going to be in open areas. It's going to be basically a county events or county property. What no expectation of privacy in those yes. locations. That was that's what I was searching yep. for. Got a motion to second. We got a motion to second for uh, Big Brother. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, could we do that? Can we just can we stencil Big Brother on there? Yeah. But we could put anything that you want on it. <laughs> You can put on the back of your truck. There are some legitimate uses to it, so we just jest. All set, in favor? Set one up at Tom's house. Any opposed? Any abstaining? I was opposing if you put Big Brother on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Five zero. I think we carries. should test the first one at Jim's house. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. Thank you very much. Everybody have a good evening. All right. Thank you, Director Haas. Appreciate Director it. Director Haas. Thank you. Okay, Commissioners, moving on. Item number eight on pages 85, 86, and 87. We have an updated lease agreement with the um, town of Queen Anne to, with our Department of Parks and Recreation to um, renew the expired lease for maintenance of the Roosevelt Park situated in the town of Queen Anne. We've been maintaining that park as part of our park system for over 20 years. And we renew it for how long each time? Uh, this one is for through 2037. Yep. Oh, 15 years, excuse me. 15 years. I move to sign the lease agreement with the town of Queen Anne regarding the maintenance of Roosevelt Park for the time period of March 1, 2022 through March 1, 2037. Second. Motion and second. In discussion? John, uh, does this fall? It is in our Queen Anne portion of, or Queen Anne's yeah. County portion of it, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's in Queen Anne's County. Because I'm thinking of the firehouse, how we share that between the other yeah. counties and just curious. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye. Zero. Motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item nine on page, beginning on page 88, is the Graysonville parking lot and trail paving contract. And this is a paving contract with David A. Bramble to pave the Graysonville parking lot and trail for $41,850. I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to contract with David A. Bramble Incorporated to pave Graysonville parking lot and trail for $41,850. Second. Motion second. Any discussion on that one? Uh, I, I just have a question since Steve came here. We'll bring him Steve, up so his trip wasn't wasted. Come on up. Uh, um, when you say trail, is that that? Is that what goes partially around Ewing Pond? 
No, no. This is actually at uh, at Graysonville Park. It's the uh, oh off Leonard, of, the Leonard off of Perry Leonard Smith Trail. No, okay. Uh, off of Perry. It's adjacent um, to the uh, tennis courts and the the baseball field. Okay. It has. It, it needs repair, and has been you know neglected through dirt and flooding and things like that. So that will bring it up. The trail will run from the parking lot all the way up to the top corner of the park, which will then be able to have the community access it from the back side of the park. So it'll be a nice back entrance into the park for bikers and walkers and runners. Okay. Any other questions? I don't have any more questions. Thanks. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye. Jim, you in favor? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Five zero. I think silence is consent. Yes. <laughs> Got him. All right, thank you, commissioners. Um, stay right there, uh, Director Shanley. Uh, item 10 is the Mattapee Clubhouse Exterior Renovation and Painting uh, Bid Award. And this is, we solicited bids for the painting of the Mattapee Clubhouse Exterior. And we did receive only one bid, but it was a, a company, the same company that's, that did our courthouse across the street here, that did a fine job there. So we would, we're happy with, with that. Oh, um, I get a motion. Just, they're gonna, same color. Yes. We're not going to have to power wash it and We're gonna get to down to the, the grit. We have to and get down to the brick. Well, we have to get down to the brick like it's, we had. It's not exposing any brick, right? We're not going to have this movement. Uh, this, this is the goddess of the, of the building. <laughs> By the way, let me let me read this one because we need to get it in, right? Go ahead. I move to authorize Department of Parks and Recreation to contract with Zierfus. Zierfus. Uh, painting and restoration, the amount of $52,000, funding of $25,000 from MHAAA grant, and $27,000 from Parks Preventative Maintenance Capital Project number 4215 for exterior record restoration and painting of this historic out-of-piece clubhouse building. Yes, ma'am. Second. This is the second time you painted it, isn't it? It's actually the third, but it's um, it's the second, um, really all inclusive of power washing, repair, and removal of um, uh, any rotted wood, things like that. Yeah. So How a more much? comprehensive. Very comp very comprehensive. Yeah. How's the roof? The roof's in good shape. Um, gutters need some work, so that'll be part of it. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing some. Um, paying through through parks uh, we'll be doing some maintenance uh, ahead of the painting some tree trimming and all so that they can get into the building yeah. but there's there's a good deal of rotted wood uh, at the lower part of the building it's, it's a good structure from 1936 so and is that encompassed is in the repair of the wood or is that just painting it, it no the power washing sanding removal and repair of any rotted wood is is encompassed okay. in this yeah because that, that guy's a good guy. He, he's a great guy, and uh, MHAA has allowed us to, um, or they are allowing us to amend our grant ask, our budget, and they're seeing this across the board with, with most of the uh, awards that were given, is that just, you know, materials are oh, right. unavailable, and yeah. costs, particularly lumber and paint, have skyrocketed, and the availability is really tough. So uh, totally... Totally unanticipated costs here. Am I right in remembering about 20 years ago when, was, when we first did it, it was done by historic uh, building grant? The, there, uh, well, this is a, a Maryland Heritage Area Authorities grant, which right. gets funded through MHT. Right. 
And uh, when we originally did the building, there was a combination of POS money. There was some, it was mostly POS, but there was some MHT money in there as well. So we do, and of course the building does belong to the state. You know, we're, we're the leasee, so we're a steward of the building, so we're responsible to keep it in good condition. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know the state owned that. Mm -hmm. But does it revert back to the state? That was we have the a forty-year lease. Yeah. Uh, the building, or uh, gosh, I'm not sure. The forty-year lease, I think, was just renewed um, in the past few years, I believe. But I don't know the date. We can, we can check yeah, on that. We can if check. You want, just for curiosity. Yeah. That's the building and the grounds. And the, the, grounds. the clubhouse and the beach grounds all belong to the state. And the beach. Mm-hmm. Wow. Landward of Mean no, High Water. No, we Below Mean High Water is yeah. our only yeah. certified swimming beach. Yeah, I know. That's, so. that's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, we have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 <clears throat> Any opposed? Perfect. Great. Thank, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Yep, indeed. Thank, thank you both. You. All right. All right, commissioners, uh, we had one desk item. Uh, that was uh, number 11, I believe. We have a data backup system replacement, and this is a request to uh, use a pre-established government contract from Fairfax County to replace our county IT department's, county IT department's current Veeam in Synology backup systems and some other aging hardware with a Cohesity backup solution. We have two systems we want to buy, uh, one for the County government network and one for the DES network. Uh, total cost $98,370.49. And we do have sufficient funds for that. I move to approve the recommendation of county IT staff to replace the current aging backup system with the Cohesity backup solution from CDW-G on the Fairfax hardware and software contract for $98,370.49. Second. Got a motion and second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Zero motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, that is all the action items we had this evening. We did have one informational item as a follow-up. Um, if you want to look at, uh, what is that, tab number four, I believe, item one, and that is from Stephanie Jones, our principal planner, and this was uh, involving some, some responses to text amendment 21-04 the allowance for construction of utility-grade solar outside of a utility-grade solar array. And this is a citizen-sponsored text amendment. So um, do you have any questions about the responses? And Stephanie is here to answer any questions you may have. And we still need to introduce it. Uh, introduce and schedule a public hearing at some point, yes. Introduce it. Okay. All right. So the, so the public understands that we have the citizen-sponsored text amendments. We have to introduce them. We have to give them a hearing. That's, That's what's being done. This mm -hmm. is part of the process. All right. Any questions? That's it. We're good. All right. That'll get scheduled at a later date. Yeah, we'll schedule a hearing. It'll probably be late. late It'll probably late. Probably early late May. Probably late May yeah. until we can get it on the agenda. Got to get through the budget. It's got to be advertised for three consecutive weeks in the newspaper. So we we got a few things ahead of it. But yeah, we will get that moving um, accordingly. Okay. All right. Okay, commissioners. Still on schedule for the uh, 
comp plan at the next meeting or the meeting after that? The comprehensive plan is scheduled for April, April, 12th. April 12th. So that is the next meeting. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, that's all we have. We have uh, press and public comments, part two. Do we have anybody signed up or anybody logged in? All right. Roundtable, I guess. We'll go straight to roundtable then. Who'd like to go first? I'll go first. Um, Mid-Shore Household Hazardous Waste Drop-Off Day is Saturday, April 2nd, um, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., rain or shine at Queen Anne's County Public Works Facility, which is addressed at 312 Safety Drive in Centerville. Um, can they go onto the county website and find out what items are acceptable? I mean, there's a whole, yeah. litany, of, yeah. whole litany of them on here. Hmm? Oh, you did? Okay, even better. So anybody who's, who is watching tonight, um, the chance to get rid of all those things that transfer stations and dumps won't take, um, things that you've had in your garage you want to get, get rid of, oil, gasoline, paint, um, just those kinds of things like that. So take advantage of it. It, it really is a great program that DPW does that for us. Um, and then uh, other thing I had an opportunity <clears throat> Saturday to attend the um, recognition and awards gala for our Queen Anne's County Sheriff's Office, which was a great event. And um, uh, Commissioner Steve Wilson attended that with me. And it was nice to see the camaraderie of our law enforcement officers in Queen Anne's County and the great work that they do and the sacrifices they make and the support they get from their families. It was really uh, a, a great event. And, and watching these law enforcement officers, men and women, receive their awards um, uh, it's comforting being a citizen here in Queen Anne's County, knowing we have, you know, those folks that are made those commitments to protect us and, and watch over us. So kudos to them. And it was a great event that the sheriff's office put on. That's all I have. All right. Commissioner Jack Wilson. Sure. Um, first want to say, uh, we got to, uh, cut the ribbon at the library, uh, expansion today, which was, uh, Great turnout, um, looks fantastic. Now they actually go on, I guess to the harder part of the journey is to uh, renovate the old part of the building, which is always the more difficult side of any job. Um, and, and kudos though, it, it came out fantastic. Uh, their fundraising efforts have been um, uh, above what was expected. So I, I think it's all in all, it's turned out to be a, a great project all the way around. So uh, thank you to everybody that worked on it from DPW to the library staff to you know, the citizens getting behind it. Um, fantastic. Um, pet peeve. So, you know, I, I get it. People can be lazy. And, but I'm tired of seeing trash on our county roadways. And I've seen county citizens throwing trash out of their trucks. And, and to me, I, I pull them over. I actually do. I do my uh, due diligence and pull them over the next time they stop to ask them, why did you throw that there? Why couldn't you wait till the next gas station that you filled your truck up in or whatever? So um, stop throwing trash on our roadways. If other people come through here and do it, that's one thing. <coughs> but don't litter your own county. I mean, it, it's just sad, very sad. Uh, tires on the side of the road just recently, literally not even two blocks from the, from the dump. Go the extra two blocks, people. You live here. Be proud of it. Um, 
On a lighter note, but on something that, I, that does concern me too, is it's come to my attention recently that uh, some of our programs at the high school, the CTE-related programs, have fallen short on some materials to finish some of their um, projects out to graduate. Um, so we have, have reached out to some citizens. I know Todd's working with our DPW to see what we can get donated over there. But um, I'd like to see in this budget we address this for once and for all. Um, I know I go back five years ago when I think me and Jim were yeah. at, at uh, Queen Anne's County High School to find out that no the, the Board of Ed gave the carpentry department $1,500 to buy lumber. Do you know how much lumber that's going to buy today? piece of plywood and a couple nails. So we've got to get behind this, gentlemen. We have this non-reoccurring cost uh, availability now. I think we utilize it for the right things and good things. Let's get our welding students welding wire, gas they need to compete, get them some new welding machines. Some of them are 25 years old. Um, let's give our students the ability to uh, move forward in some of these careers by giving them the right tools and, and stuff at our schools. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous mm -hmm. that we don't have that stuff. I, I, Kudos to Chesapeake College. They've upgraded every single welding machine. They've spent almost uh, 300,000 revamping their entire welding program over there. Um, so I think we need to step up to the plate here in Queen Anne's. Yeah. I agree. I got 100 behind you on that. Commissioner Steve Wilson. Sir, well, in the next couple of weeks, we will have absolute adequate time to discuss funding everything that's. So I'm bringing it up now? Preempted. Yeah, absolutely. We're ready to go. So I think one note of uh, benefit to the citizens, certainly of District 2, but I think of the county is our creation of a dog park, which is going to benefit a lot of people in Centerville. And I think uh, that's going to be a very nice addition to the park. And a number of people have thanked me, and I'd like to pass those gratitudes along to my fellows. And I think it's a good idea. What park is that going in, Steve? What, sir? What park is that going in? Oh, it's going in White Marsh Park. There you go. Yeah, right next to your house. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on we go. That's it for me. All right. So, uh, Jack, I'm going to piggyback on your trashing. I agree with you 100%. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really necessarily blame a majority of that on the county, but the through traffic, what blows out of trucks. I just spent the last four days in Phoenix visiting my son, and that's a huge city. And I'm telling you right now, I can't find trash anywhere. Anywhere um, in, in that city, on the highways, no matter where you went, I was awestruck. And I asked the concierge, what's the deal? He goes, everybody asks us that. So I don't know if it's a mindset, it's, it's just you know, the way people live, but you know, the Eastern Seaboard is, is one big landfill. So you know, it, it breaks my heart because you know it all ends up in the water. So you know, kudos for bringing that up. I'd like to shout out to uh, Sudlersville Middle School. Uh, the principal, Rob Watkins, uh, this morning, um, myself, uh, the Drug Free Coalition, uh, the sheriff, and, and, and Lance went up to speak to the, you know, the junior high kids about the, the do's and don'ts and the perils of uh, vaping, smoking, drinking, marijuana, and drugs. And uh, we've done this now to Mattapique. We spoke there. Warren Wright is our little moderator. Warren brings us in. and. We spoke to Mattapeak, we've spoken to uh, Centerville Middle School, and now Sudlersville, and, and Stevensville Middle School is, is on our radar, but we can't get a response from them, but we're not gonna stop trying. So I just wanna thank the, the principal, Rob Watkins, for allowing us to come in there and take some time up and visit with all the students. And I left there and went to the Homes of Hope for Haven Ministry uh, on Route 18 in Stevensville. The two houses and Jack was there, 
And uh, you know, we had a little bit of a photo op. The homes are almost 95%, 99% complete. Uh, sod went down today. Sure. Furniture's coming in a couple weeks at, really at nice. the latest. And uh, just kudos to Krista Pettit and Brad Lundberg, Jack, uh, you know, all the contractors that worked on these projects. Uh, these homes will be able to hold five different individuals from different families each or more if, if it's like, for instance, uh, a mother with some kids. So uh, it's, it's needed. It's, it's there. It's, it's under budget. And, uh, you know, they're moving along with that. So kudos to them on that. And with that, I'll turn it over to you, President. And, and it replaced uh, what was basically a vacant blighted oh, property absolutely. that was absolutely. there. Absolutely, So yes. it really helps the downtown area mm -hmm. a lot. Um, on the, on to the uh, the uh, drug free coalition. Remind people that on March twenty seventh, Sunday, Sunday, there's the addiction meeting at Christ Church on Ken Island from two to five p.m. Um, find more information. We've done a, a couple of blasts about that uh, for them. Um, so thank you to all the organizers of that event, and hopefully people get out there. Um, and then, as Jack said, get out to your new library. Check it out in Ken Island. It looks great. Um, there's a lot of little reading nooks for little kids to get a book and curl up in and read a book. There's a room for teenagers to go sort of hang out in. Um, there's private meeting space. It's, it's really open, airy, fantastic. Um, and I'm looking forward to phase two. With that, I'll obtain a motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Yeah, well, I was going to wait.